It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Lewis Stack, who is president and founder of Fitter First, an exercise equipment company in Calgary. Welcome to the show, Lewis, and thanks for taking the time to be here for our listeners. Thanks, Mario. Nice to be here. Okay, let's start off by just telling me what is Fitter First? Well, Mario, it really started in 1985 when I formed the company on a $3,000 loan after having double foot and knee surgery, and I'd actually lost my balance. It was a uh, a tough time in Calgary. We had a particular environmental time in this Alberta back in 85, and there wasn't a lot of work for a young kid like myself, and I was on crutches, and I'd lost my balance from this foot surgery and developed a product called the ProFitter, which is like a lateral cross-training ski machine, and built two with my help my brother, and uh, started showing them around to physical therapists, and actually Todd Brooker and Nancy Green were my first two customers, and... I was at the Ken Reed Invitational at Lake Louise, Alberta, and they both bought one. And I said, I'm going to quit my job and start building these things and decided to try to make a living out of it. So what, do you, uh, uh, what kind of uh, products do you sell these days? We brought a lot of different products to the market, balance boards. We brought fitness balls into Canada. We do something, you know, we originally brought BOSU into North America. We're the first dealer for BOSU. Uh, TRX is another product people know of that we were the first distributor. We manufacture a lot of balancing products and wellness products. You know, flat banding, tubing, foam rolls were another product we kind of introduced into Canada. Um, we do a wide variety of products that are used in what we call SAM, in stability, agility, and mobility. And we kind of have four pillars in our company. We work on injury and rehabilitation, athletics and training, family wellness, and active office. So things that suit those four, those four areas. Okay, you've uh, been in business in Calgary. Tell me what do you think is the main benefits of uh, being a business uh, in Calgary these days, or just doing business in Calgary? Main benefits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch. No, no. I mean, Calgary's an awesome city. I've traveled the world. I spent five years racing World Cup ski racing. Uh, on the national ski team, speed skiing team. And I'd always tell people all over the world, I've done over 1,100 shows worldwide, that I love being in Calgary. You know, my number one reason for being here is I can drive 40 minutes to the Rocky Mountains West. So our quality of living here is second to none. As I said, I've traveled the world extensively. I love coming home because of the quality of living, the quality of people here. Uh, we are blessed to live in Alberta with some very, very fine, fine entrepreneurial, free-spirited people that love the prairies. They love being, you know, free spirits. <laughs> we we are an entrepreneurial nature people here. We're not we're not a, a bureaucratically inclined group of folk. We like to break trail and and go our own way and do our own thing. Yeah. I personally am very much a trailblazer, and I go my own path. And, uh, you know, that is what makes Alberta and people of the kind of the Rocky Mountain region special. We're not afraid to go try new and different things. Sometimes the policies aren't very good, but that's okay. 
Well, that's what I was going to ask you next is uh, what are the challenges uh, and uh, the not so good things of uh, being a business owner in Calgary right now? Well, I think we kind of all know the answer to that. You know, we're, we're a little bit narrow minded sometimes with our, uh, our addiction or our habit to stay very dependent to our natural resources. Um, understandably, I get that. But between the uh, farming and, and ranching industry, uh, the natural resource industry, I've always been in my own industry, you know, in the balance business. There wasn't a lot of people in the balance business, but when the world was zigging, I was zagging. So I've always been doing my own thing. I've always believed strongly that I wish um, Prairie uh, region would work more on being an energy-focused region, not just an oil and gas-focused region. And we've had many, many years to work that way, and we still kind of stuck focused on oil and gas. And I really just kind of wish we had a bigger vision to focus on energy, whether it be sun, solar, wind, oil and gas, or every other kind of energy. Uh, we should be leading the world there, and it seems like we're a little bit behind the eight ball now trying to do that. What is um, your uh, a vision, I guess, for the company as you look down the road? Well, you know, Mario, people always ask me, how is business? And, you know, it's not great right now. It's not bad. But the reality is time is ticking and gravity is pulling us all down. And I like to answer that, you know, Napoleon and Caesar had the same forces of gravity on them that you and I have right now. So the variables in our product or in my business, if you will, the balance business, has not changed a lot in the last 10,000 years. And now I hear talk and we hear a lot of talk of Amazon and the space station in 2024 on the moon. Well, there's some very interesting changes coming our way because we're now all of a sudden realizing that gravity is in fact a potential variable for us all. And if we're going to live on the moon or have a space station there, there is going to be changes in how we work with gravity. And the medical and the uh, exercise industry is starting to realize that just like we can turn the volume up and down on our headsets, there is interest now in turning the volume up and down on the forces of gravity or the G's as they're known. NASA has been doing this for many years as they help astronauts recover as they come back from outer space to reacclimatize to Earth at 1G. And we're now doing some experiments with playing with gravity at more than 1G, and in fact, less than 1G, which it is on the moon. And it's affecting how humans age and how we, re we respond to the forces of gravity in time. So there's a whole new toolbox coming our way about playing with the way we age and the way we respond to the forces of gravity. But the reality is we're all aging and we all want to do it gracefully. And my company, Fitter First, is leading the world to better balance as we have been for 35 years. People have learned to brush their teeth and wear seatbelts religiously every day. We're trying to help them learn to have active offices and move in harmony with gravity frequently every day so the age as gracefully as possible you know when you look at things uh in terms of ideas for your company and where do these things come from uh you know and uh in your mind like are, are do you get ideas sitting around your office or do you get ideas sitting you know, on top of some of or being on top of some of your equipment or as you say you like to hike and be a trailblazer where i where do ideas form in your mind for for the business well i really because i'm a bit of an adventurer i do like the mountains and i go hiking but you know i hate to say sleeping is where i have some really weird <laughs> ideas but I, because I've gone to you know, roughly 1,100 trade shows worldwide, like last year I made a very specific effort to go to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. It's one of the biggest shows in the world. 
and I walked every ounce of that show. And when I was in Chicago after, uh, oh, five years ago, after a major uh, injury, I'd gone through surgery. I wasn't in any condition to be traveling, but I wanted to go to the Neocom show, places like Smed goes down there with his company Dirt and with his various different things. But it's the world's biggest uh, leading office furniture show. But I had an idea for active office and I wanted to go learn that industry. So I went and walked that show. That's where I learned about Veridesk. And that's where we, we became uh, affiliates working together. And we you know, started a whole new category called the desktopper, you know, the Veridesk standing desk solution, which we created a worldwide phenomena along with the guys, our, part, our friends from Dallas, Texas, changing the world with those guys. I go to shows and I look for ideas. I consider myself a products expert and I have the foresight, I guess, to go into various different industry shows and see something that's used in one industry and I see the ability to cross-pollinate it into four or five other industries and take one idea and shape it and use it in a much broader way in other industries. I've been doing that for many, many years. So I I listen to the experts in subsectors and then take those ideas and try to expand them into broader applications. And that's really become my niche. Okay. Uh, you know, being in business for such a long time, uh, what would you consider has been your, I guess, greatest challenge uh, in business and in operating a business? You know, I, I've been told this often, and I think it's very true. I'm often far too early. You know, I, I, I see opportunities of things that are often. I'm so early at the vision or the idea of this thing that comes my way that other people come and look. I, I had to describe to someone the other day, I kind of when Henry Ford and his brothers or the Wright brothers were building their first car, people would ride it on their horses and look and go, wow, isn't that something? And they'd ride away on the horse and go, I wonder why in the world you'd want to do that. They just didn't see why you'd want to build that. You know, they didn't understand it. And they just said, well, my horse seems to work pretty good. Why would I want something else? And Steve Jobs is that way. Many people are that way. They, they see something before society understands a need for it. And I, I, I've often, with the first ProFitter, you know, I, a lot of people have laughed and said, what a silly idea that is. Um, for many years at trade shows, the fitness industry thought I was utterly crazy. I was 10 years early with that product for the fitness industry. And then something happened called the functional fitness revolution. That started 10 years after I was already promoting functional fitness to that industry. So it's happened time and time again to me. Now, knowing what you know now, uh, you know, uh, would you have changed anything when you first started up the company? Uh, you know, I guess the, the trick is really, you know, staying with products long enough to capitalize on them. Like another funny little one is like the five finger shoes or the barefoot shoe technology. You know, we were the first people to ever bring that barefoot shoes into, into Canada, at least. Uh, we wanted to wear them. Those funny little barefoot finger toes, right? No one sold them. My son had them at, got them at OR, and I, you know, we bought a bunch of pairs of them. We loved them. They're great for our products. And so we ended up having to sell them because no one carried them. So we, we had them in our stores for five years, and all the therapists and a lot of athletes loved them. They finally became mainstream, like literally six to seven years after we started carrying them, then we stopped carrying them because they finally became mainstream. So. We tend to be early adopters of ideas, and then by the time they become mainstream, we tend to you know, step out of it. And I guess sometimes it'd be nice to be able to capitalize on the mainstreaming process, if you will. Yeah, okay then. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received about being an entrepreneur? Well, it's good to make money. 
<laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've always been very passionate about it. If you're, if you're not really passionate about something you're doing, uh, it's very hard to, to, you know, put your life and soul into it. You know, hi, hi, you know I think really the reality is hire slow and fire fast. You've got to, if something's not working, wash your hands and get out of it quickly and move on to what is working. It's too easy to, to sometimes stick with people or things that just aren't right and aren't working. And, and you really have to know when to cut your losses. And, you know, I've, I've, I've hung on to a lot of things that took 10 years before they worked. So, you know, you can't always use that logic on everything, but, you know, getting the right people doing the right job is so important. Going to switch gears a bit here and ask you some more kind of personal type questions. Uh, everybody these days seems to have like a quote unquote bucket list. Do you have one? And uh, just wondering what might be atop your bucket list. Hmm. Well, it's funny. My wife and myself took a, a trip to Cuba in the spring for our 25th anniversary. And uh, I always wanted to go to Cuba. And that was very, very interesting to go see the old cars and as, as we learned, as we pulled in the harbor and the cruise ship, they look good from far, but they're far from good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old car guy, so I appreciated that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I love to travel and seeing places. And um, I don't have a formal bucket list that I've written out, but there's certainly things that I, I want to do. Like kite surfing is very high on my list of things to achieve. Uh, I love racing cars. I don't own a race car, but I Driving laps at Laguna Seca is extremely high on my list. And also Spa in Belgium is an is a F1 race I strongly desire, desire to go watch. The Monterey Automobile Festival would be another thing that's very high on my list of things to be part of. Oh, wow. Cool. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, uh, what do you think uh, you would have picked or would, would pick as a second career or, or as an option to what you're doing? In, in the area, I came a Libra. So I was born in October. I've always had a balance disorder and uh, I have, and I've always had a balance affliction. I've loved balance and I play balance games and I've always just loved things that tied into balance. I didn't understand why, but then I found out I had a bit of a balance disorder. So I liked challenging myself. You know, I did five years of the World Cup speed skiing circuit. I did luge. I love speed, obviously, hence my interest in kite surfing. And, you know, I love to ski. I do enjoy professional speaking. So, you know, getting on, on stages and talking in front of large groups of people about motivational presentations. I've done a lot of that. I was out for a major surgery a couple of years ago to do a sleep apnea. So learning to speak again was a bit of a challenge. You just sort of take for granted your ability to eat and breathe and talk. And I've had to kind of relearn some of those things, which has been a bit challenging. But I, I would suggest things that involve traveling, educating, speaking to groups and going really fast. I'm curious, right? I, I'm curious, where did this kind of fascination for speed come from? Uh, yeah, like I do a lot of road biking and, um, you know, I, I don't climb hills very well, but I certainly don't use brakes on the way down. I, I was built to go fast. I, when I started speed skiing, I was naturally good at it. I love downhill ski. I just, I've never hesitated to want to go fast, whatever I'm doing. Um, a lot of people these days uh, don't read anymore. I'm, I'm just wondering, do you read uh, like books? Yes, I do. I actually just recently finished taking a Mind Valley speed reading course to 
improve my, my reading. I was never a fast reader. I made a point of reading almost every morning, and I recently did a 21-day intensive speed reading course to improve my reading. I make a point of trying to make sure I read almost every morning, and I also I journal every morning. Not every morning, but most mornings I journal. What kind of books do you like reading? I like reading autobiographies uh, a lot. You know, I really quite enjoy autobiographies, you know, historical stories about people, basically. Fascinating entrepreneurs, fascinating politicians, people that have made a dent in the universe. I, I love Steve Jobs' book. I didn't necessarily love Steve Jobs, per se. You know, he's kind of a jerk in some ways, but I just, I love people who are willing to go out on a limb and, and, and willing to try to make the world different. I just read uh, Jeff Bezos' book. Uh, you know, his uh, Amazon from 1995 to 2014. That was actually, I listened to it. I was in a car. I had to go to Kelowna and back last week. So I listened to that. But I really enjoyed that kind of uh, educational story. Okay. If you had one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? I would have to say passionate. I'm very, very high level of integrity. I believe strongly in what I, what I pursue in my life. And I'm always um, looking to make the world a better place. Now, we're uh, creatures of habit in many ways. Are, do you have a daily routine that you follow I, all the time? Probably pretty close. I wouldn't say I'm a creature of habit, but yeah, I, you know, I'm up pretty early most days, and I've been making a habit of trying to do some reading every morning. I certainly have my morning coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear you there. Yeah, and it's, all, it's all, almost always black. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mine too. You know, I, I used to ski about 40 to 50 times a year. I haven't been doing as much due to a few knee complications, but I tend to want to get cycling or skiing or get out and do some physical activity quite often. I like working on my old car when I can, and uh, I just stay pretty active. I'm usually on the move. So you have, a, you know, obviously, you have a lot of uh, interest and uh, passion for sports. What do you think uh, you learned from sports that help you in the business world and being an entrepreneur? I think it's uh, persistence, you know, uh, focus, and passion, really, all three of those. You've got to really be focused on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You really, you know, in in sport, if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to take the risks associated with success in sport. You've really got to believe in what you're doing. Like anything else, 10,000 times, speed skiing was a very interesting thing. So was luge. You don't, you don't go into a speed run halfway. Once you're on a luge track, you're in a lose track. You're not, you don't say, I think I'll just stop now. Like you're going the whole way. I know that well. I did uh, uh, one, one year, years ago, I was in the four-man bobsled uh, where it was a media event where they had, they had uh, the, whatever you call the, the guy at the front, the guy at the end, and two of us in the middle who knew nothing, right? Most terrifying experience <laughs> I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so speed is great, but it can also be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. We did the Grand Canyon on rafts pad- where we're paddling, and we also had some paddle boards and, uh, up behind me, just up here. My son was with us, and we took pictures. I was paddle boarding down the Grand Canyon, and this part's going through rapids where it was like, the loose, like a bobsled track. You, you, once you get into that water on a paddle board, you're not doing anything but paddling like hell because you're not turning around. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're just waiting for it to finally end. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's what Luge, it's like that for sure. I love it. I think it was awesome. And you have to commit. I'm going to present a, a, a scenario to you, uh, Louis. Um, 
just imagine a small, beautiful tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth and no technology, no internet. We're going to drop you off there, and uh, anytime you can use the one phone booth that is on the island to call us, and we'll come pick you up. How long do you think you would last before making that phone call? And what do you think you'd be doing until you made that phone call? I would last pretty long. I mean, I wouldn't worry about finding food and stuff. I assume I could keep myself alive for a long time. That's not usually a problem. And if there's waves and there's sand, I'm going to be a pretty happy guy. I'd figure out something to float on. Uh-huh. I love the water and I love finding things to, you know, I, I can paddleboard and play on waves and water for days on end. Like I can, I can make myself busy forever on an ocean. Why, why, what's the point of the phone booth? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not making that phone call. <laughs> until I until I needed uh, to see my oh I, I see no I know why I'd want a phone for my wife and kids to come and join me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be in a huge hurry unless I needed food or water or something like that. I, I to me that would be heaven. Excellent. Is there anything you'd like to add, Lewis, before you leave us today? Well, I like to share this with everybody that people always say, well, I wonder what I should do to make my life a little better every day. And I think the answer is, you know, there's a book called Sitting Kills and Moving Heels. The point, like I said earlier, about brushing teeth and and wearing a seatbelt, we've learned to do those things. In life, our objective as humans is to age gracefully. And if we want to do that successfully, we need to move frequently. And all the research says move every half an hour. That means standing up. You have to stand if you're going to move. I've been standing this whole time. You've seen me moving a little bit. You got to keep your head on your shoulders and move frequently. So keep a good relationship with gravity each and every day. Every 30 minutes, if you're not standing up, you're paying a price. You're basically telling time and gravity, I'm going to let you win right now. And every time you do that, you have to understand time and gravity is going to win. You want to win every hand along the way. For everybody, if you're in doubt what you should do next that's good for your health, stand up with your head on your shoulders, breathe for one minute and let your body just recalibrate. It's the most valuable thing a person can do and the more times they do it in a day, the healthier they'll become. It's the most single important thing we can do as human beings. Okay, thanks for joining us today, uh, Lewis. My pleasure. I always say balance is the essence of movement and movement is the essence of life. Hey there, thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.